Oh dear. Get low, get low. To the window. Outside. (laughs) (laughs) Are we are we rolling? Yeah, Everything's good. All right. I guess th- that's how we're going to kick this one off. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Oh Dear, presented by Bose Bar and Stage. A little bit of layoff between episodes here. I guess a March break, if you will. A couple guys had some nice vacations. We're all back here at Communal Creative Studios, ready to roll. Like, kind of. Thank you all for joining us once again. I am Ted Emmett. Excited to bring you another pretty not bad edition of whatever it is we do here. Still haven't quite figured that out, but we do have a great interview to share with you as Walsh and I chatted with Dr. Kim, Jim, and Dr. Keith Wolsenholm. Oh, I got it. All right. From the Red Deer Regional Hospital, both of whom are a part of Sheka with Walsh, which is... The Society for Hospital Expansion in Central Alberta. Right. So we sat down with them, what, almost two weeks ago now, but just after the government of Alberta announced the $1.8 billion to go towards the expansion of the Red Deer Hospital. So we chat with them about what that really means moving forward. And it was great because I learned a lot. And you will too pointing right at Lund for those of you that can't see. So that's coming up in just a bit. As always, time to introduce the rest of the gang. Well, sitting, I wrote sitting across from me, but we changed things up a bit. Right beside me to my right is a man who has less patience than a doctor with no thumbs. Dustin Moore, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm I'm on the Lund train tonight. Uh, I think it was plus 11 today, Lundy. So I got my Burks on and my shorts and it's, it's full on summertime here. It is short weather today. So good for you. But snow's still on the ground, so it's not summer yet. Well, give us two days here. Isn't like March to October your favorite time of year? Yeah, I'm buzzing right now. <laughs> and uh, you know what? No insults, no jokes for this guy. He's had a not very fun couple of days. So Kevin Walsh, we know how it's going, but why don't you tell us how it's going anyways? Hola, amigos. <laughs> so I, I just got back. We'll, we'll skip the bad stuff and oh. uh, just got back from uh, Cabo with my wife for our first uh, trip together since our honeymoon. So it's been a long time coming. And I thought of you guys the whole time. So uh, walking <laughs> through the airport in Mexico, there's some sleazy guy trying to sell us a timeshare. So I thought of Andrew. Uh, <laughs> our, our cab lady that drove us to the airport, she had wonderful hair. So I thought of Aaron. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Our first day at the pool, it was plus 30. It was beautiful. At these resorts, they have like that entertainment team that tries to keep you entertained throughout the day. And so uh, the first day they had a drinking competition. So I thought of Dustin because I knew he would have crushed everybody. <laughs> the next day they had a taquito eating competition. I thought of Ted. I was like, oh, yeah, he would have won that for sure. Yeah. And then the last day we were going back up to our room and there is this guy passed out in his chair, beat red with a beer <laughs> in his hand. And I thought of Lundy. <laughs> Thanks. So I, yes, I, I was always thinking of you guys. Lund wants the taquito thing now after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take any of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the nice hair thing too. You were like, you yeah. really thought of us. I still want to hear about the bad stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, we got back. Basically, I was in asleep by midnight on uh, Sunday night and uh, Monday morning at 2.30 a.m. The alarm at our store, Rob Ray, gets goes off and uh, some careful douchebag <laughs> uh, decided that he wanted to break into our store and Way to go Lund. Yeah. I was passed out in Mexico, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, you know, thankfully it could have been a lot worse. We basically got a broken door. He stole our computer and he got a whopping $100 of cash out of our till. So, 
quite frankly, not even enough to do an insurance claim, but uh, more just a big hassle for us more than anything. So thankfully, we were only closed one day and and re- we really appreciate the support from all our followers and, and all our customers. A really good outpouring of just kind of supportive messages and uh, really thankful that we have a good, uh, you know, customer base and, and just general community in central Alberta. So, you know, hopefully they catch that guy. It, it sounds like maybe it's someone that uh, does this for a living. Uh, if they catch him, you know, we're really not going to get anything back out of it, but he just deserves to be off the street. So not a great way to start the week or come back from a vacation, but away we go anyways. I thought maybe it was just Dustin trying to get more stretchy jeans. <laughs> so Kev, are you putting up a reward to catch this guy? $25? $25 leading to the rest of the douchebag who broke in. <laughs> yeah. Sure. (laughs) He does it for a living, like a hundred bucks. It's not a very lucrative career. Well, you know what? He was driving like a really nice truck from what we could see on the cameras. Oh, oh, really? Oh, he for sure owned that. Well, yeah, it's either stolen or we're like, dude, go pawn your $100,000 truck and you can smoke all the meth you want. So... Just for anyone listening, that's not just life advice for all of anyone. Like, don't, I mean, yeah. we're, we're not the boss of you, but maybe don't do that. <laughs> all right. So, back to the back to the hospital doctor puns. Ryan Lund, I'd make fun of you for catching a cold, but that would be a sick joke. <laughs> uh, it would match my sick burn from Mexico, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I too had a March, uh, March break. I went to Hawaii. Uh, more specifically, Kauai. First time there. Uh, lovely island. Got lots of rest and relaxation. Saw a lot of beautiful sights and, and did quite a bit of activity while I was there. So, highly recommend it to anyone that hasn't been to Kauai, especially if you want some some rest and just to recharge. I want to hear about those three CrossFit classes that you claim to have gone to. No, no, no. Five. Five. And yeah. three hikes. Five CrossFit classes, three hikes, a bike ride, a kayak trip or ride, whatever you want to call it, and a lot of walking. So, sorry guys. Great. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of you like Kevin was while <laughs> I was there. The next time I'll yeah. do better. Well, you didn't see people doing like a push-up contest and think of me? <laughs> no, I yeah. didn't. Man, Ted I mean, would be I... great at judging that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we have someone else who just took a nice trip to Hawaii. Uh, no more doctor puns, but co-worker Aaron with us again on the couch and you had a nice little trip too. Yeah, we uh, had an opportunity, uh, my husband and I, to uh, go stay in a relative's condo in Maui. So, we took off for six days. I didn't think of any of you. I did not do any CrossFit and I drank a lot. So, it was absolutely delightful. Yeah, you did it wrong, Lund. No, I, I did it right. Because now I can drink a lot now that I'm back. <laughs> and beside Aaron on the couch, so we're not going to get into him talking about trimming bushes or anything, but Andrew Russell's here again tonight and he did get the first of four, basically nice of free reign on my hair. And I don't know, Andrew, why don't you explain what you went for here? Because it's like, I feel like a cotton candy troll, like, I don't know. So I guess initially my idea was kind of the Harley Quinn look where I was going to, you know, part it and then try to ponytail the sides and then, you know, add the color that I added. Then I forgot to bring a brush and, you know, you didn't bring a brush. So I'm not helping you. I had to, uh, I had to just improvise with what I I had, which was hair cement. And even with hair cement, Ted, I could not keep your hair erect. No. <laughs> it's it's weird because you're like, you got it like slicked on the sides, but spiked on the top. So I feel like one half of my head like hates my stepdad and the other, the slicked back half is my stepdad. So it's very confusing. <laughs> it's well, And so there's the three, the three spikes in the back, which is a nice addition. And then um, like the, the pink and blue actually looks pretty good on you. I don't mind it actually. Yeah. And um, 
the little beady things that I threw into the spike there are a nice kind of like Aladdin-ish touch. Princess Jasmine-y, you know, kind of vibe. Um, That's how I was hoping I'd look. I'm going to come more prepared next time. I'm bringing more styling tools next time. I'm bringing a hairdryer for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I, I feel like this is like a good starting point and it's just going to get better as we go. So You know what you look like when you just turned around is that guy from Little Nicky who lives down in hell. <laughs> the devil? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's quite a few. <laughs> But you know what? It's it's not bad. You know what? You had some fun with it, and uh, it could be worse. Big things to come, Ted. It's going to get better. They said, though, it, you were kind of like pulling on my hair a bit, and it, it was like a very confusing feeling. I think I liked it. Uh, left your hair pretty limp. Yeah, to, uh, to make sure his hair gets erect, you got to get him real excited. Yeah. So next time, really really jazz it up. It needs, it needs a little bit of heat applied. I feel like yeah. if I had brought that blow dryer to uh, just give it like give it some warmth, it would have yeah. uh, would have stayed up. I, and in, in hindsight, now I'm looking at it thinking we should have made it go forward because then you kind of would have had like the unicorn vibe going on with the pink and the blue. It would have been good. You got three more attempts, but yeah, I agree, Andrew. It's a great start. Hey, but speaking of hair, because I haven't had a chance to officially do it, thank you to everyone who did support my dry February and that's end of March now. We haven't done an episode since before the end of February, but I raised almost $3,000. So to uh, Andrew, thank you for your donation. That's why I was happy to let you do this. Didn't hit the goal to shave my head, but I still wanted you to, ha- to have some fun with my hair at my expense. So yeah, thank you everyone. I think that's still pretty incredible. I mean, a lot of people too, obviously friends and family donating some people I've e- either never met or, or don't really know, which is pretty cool. So boy, we're still in intros here. Uh, last but not least, though, Ryan and Riley from Communal Creative Studios are here. I'd say keeping us on track tonight, but we are way off already. Uh, we actually owe them another big thank you for something which we'll get into as we roll into the Glad Game. The Glad Game is brought to you by Louis Corveau of Warren Sinclair LLP, a central Alberta law firm dedicated to helping all its clients achieve their business and personal goals. Learn more at warrensinclair.com. All right, so this, this Glad Game... A bit of an easy one for Dustin and I, as we just had the pleasure of hosting the United Way Central Alberta's virtual campaign celebration over Zoom, which all in its own was a a pretty cool experience. But it's what we learned during the show that really makes us glad because in 2021, they raised a shit ton of money. Yeah, for for this Glad game, I think it's kind of the trifecta uh, for me. The United Way, obviously, that's amazing. The the amount of money they brought in and, and then dispersed to to different organizations is incredible. Uh, you know, those the businesses that uh, supported them, having them online and watching me and you go through that Zoom thing uh, was pretty cool. Uh, that was the first award show I've ever hosted, and who knows if we'll ever do one again. Uh, but you Oscars know, are next. Besides them asking us that to do that, which was so cool, Aaron made this unbelievable graphic for us uh, that we ended up doing on the green screen and Ryan and Riley, you know, helped us navigate our way uh, here in the studio. So it ended up being a really awesome day. I really, I enjoyed it. You did a great job on the scripting with uh, the United Way, Chelsea and Brett and, and Farron. So all in all, you know, an experience I've never had before and and. Maybe we'll get it again. I don't know. Yeah, you did. This is my fault for not telling you what I was teeing you up to say. But in 2021, they raised $1.8 million through all their campaigns. So that's through a lot of local businesses uh, and organizations who do the campaigns for the United Way. So um, yeah, it was really cool. Again, we owe Ryan and Riley a thank you because they had a really cool Zoom set up here in front of the green screen. We had the good mics. We had a like one of Riley's 4K cameras on us all linked in through Zoom. And then uh, Ryan, they helped us basically run 
pan zoom and the PowerPoint. So again, there's one more thing that I would have never really thought of, but if you want to come in and do something like that over zoom, like a live event or even recorded, that green screen was incredible for it because it uh, really did give us the kind of that award show feel minus the two hosts. So yeah. And the only other thing I'll say is just the, the businesses, you know, as we've done this podcast, who have supported us with, you know, sponsorships, partnerships, uh, you know, what, whatever the gift cards for our deer hunt, the central Alberta community is so generous through, through everything. And, you know, the United Way raising 1.8 million, you know, we talked to Miles and, and Kara back at Christmas with the adopt a family. So like, I don't know if you see this everywhere and maybe you do, but I just, you know, being so close to home in central Alberta, we have such a generous community. So that is something certainly to be glad about. Well said. I, uh, me and Kev obviously weren't there, but I did see a few clips. You, you guys look like you had a great time. Is there anywhere where we can watch the show? Yeah, so I, I am did like did up the video and stuff. I don't know. It'll be on YouTube, whether it's ours or United Way. We are gonna put it up there, so you'll get to hear Dustin yell at everybody for a little bit. <laughs> nice. It's a little excited off the hop. <laughs> Nice. Hey, but hey, you projected, which I've been saying for a year and a half. Always project. So. He was the hype man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had my Rob Ray. I, Actually, we were both wearing our Rob Ray jackets. I was going to say, you yeah. guys both, I, you looked great. Yeah. Stunning, some might say. I almost, I almost got a really nice jacket, like really, really late Sunday night from Rob Ray, but didn't have time. <laughs> <Ted's>, <laughs> oh, like Monday morning? Or Monday morning, yeah. <laughs> Ted says to me as we're doing the the award show with him, he goes, well, shit, Dustin, like, if we're going to keep hosting these awards, like, we're going to have to maybe invest in a different jacket because it's like the only nice ones we have <laughs> the, is from Rob Ray. Like powder blue and whatever that kind of red, oh, red, pink, red yeah. one. Yeah. Hey, the real heroes, though, of that award show were the buttons on our dress shirts because I, I don't think either of us tried on our dress shirts. <laughs> before and uh it's been a couple of years yeah. pre-covid uh, i will tell you one thing if you buy a dress shirt at rob ray the structural integrity of those buttons is second to none <laughs> yeah it's not too often that the second button doesn't do up <laughs> around your neck i'll be coming to see you soon yeah. oh my but, that sounds like a great commercial for yeah. rob ray. <laughs> does this ever happen to you <laughs> Oh, I wish I didn't eat all those taquitos in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, to circle back, huge thank you again to the United Way of Central Alberta. Like we've kind of found ourselves in the last year and a half getting to do more stuff like this and host events. Obviously for us, uh, always a pleasure. And thank you, United Way, just for letting us be a part of that. Because coming out of it, seeing like Dustin said, all these members of the, the community that are doing such great work and another cool experience in the books for us that we kept our shirts on too. Well, Lund wasn't there, yeah. but <laughs> we'll see when he gets to host an award show. <laughs> yeah. I was passed out in Mexico, guys. So, I guess before we head into our interview with our special guests, Aaron, who is this interview brought to us by? This interview is brought to you by Saks Thrift Ave, home of Red Deer's only rage room. Book online now at saxthriftavrd.com and get your rage out. While you're there, browse the best collection of vinyl in central Alberta or find that perfect piece of vintage clothing. Saks Thrift Ave, records and rage, vinyl and vintage. Okay, so without further ado, take it away, Walsh, from two weeks ago. Well, thanks, Ted. 
Uh, so Ted and I are pleased to be sitting here with uh, Drs. Keith Wolstenholme and Dr. Kim Jim here in Red Deer. Uh, I think our listeners have probably read an article or seen them on the news over the last couple months as they've been bit, big advocates for our uh, Red Deer Regional Hospital. I'm honored to sit on the board of Sheka with these gentlemen. And so Sheka is the Society for Hospital Expansion in Central Alberta. Uh, we just had our five-year anniversary last week. Uh, went to our favorite place, Bose, for a couple beers with the group and just kind of celebrated some recent announcements. But Kim, you were instrumental in kind of spearheading that group and getting it going. So maybe you can just, you know, go back five years and kind of tell us how it all came to be. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been five years, but uh, basically what happened is that, um, you know, many physicians of the hospital had really become tired of hearing announcements and then finding out that Red Deer was really nowhere close to getting any of these uh, resources that were needed or hospital expansion. So you have to kind of go back a little bit further. So in 2017, February, we had our first rally where we advertised that we were going to update people on on what the state of the hospital was and we called it the state of the hospital and that was the address that really got Sheka going. Uh, Sheka was actually formed that summer and we had our first official rally really in fall of 2017 uh, where we kind of highlighted more of the issues. Um, the real spearhead for starting Sheka was the Red Deer Regional Hospital coming off of the capital planning list of Alberta Health Services which, hap which happened in 2016. So that was really what got everyone and all of us at the hospital and physicians talking. And uh, obviously Keith has been a lot around from the beginning as well, but a uh, person we can't forget to mention is Dr. Paul Hardy, mm -hmm. who was also instrumental in getting all of this going. Paul has since uh, retired from Red Deer, but he was one of the guys that was there from the beginning as well. Yeah. And I think back to that capital plan, really it was Red Deer Hospital had been on this capital plan for a number of years and kind of whatever ranking it was. And then all of a sudden it's just gone out of the top 10, let's say, or whatever. And that just kind of struck a chord and it, it was basically enough is enough for the physicians and the general public. So uh, I still remember sitting in that hotel room at the Red Deer Lodge where you guys kind of had your first rally and got some info. So, you know, Keith, maybe you want to touch on a couple of the notable things that we were able to do over the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think back as well to when we first started it and it's been quite a journey from there to here. Uh, but certainly, you know, the advocacy work that we've been doing, I think has been instrumental actually in bringing public awareness to the lack of infrastructure investment in central Alberta. And what that's done is honestly, it's got people interested. It's got the public interested. It's got the business community interested. It's got people writing letters. It's got people applying pressure to government. And I think that's really what got the momentum going is, you know, once government is getting hounded over and over and over by the public, they start to respond to that pressure a little bit. And, you know, the announcements we've had lately, I think, are at least in part due to, you know, the public pressure that's been brought to bear. So, you know, the $1.8 billion that was announced recently, I think, you know, it's obviously fantastic, but I think Sheka plays a role in, uh, in getting us to that point for sure. And I know people are, especially these days, a really big fan of government. So it must be a really hard to you know be be one of those groups that that opposes the government or goes up against the government so you know it's one of those things where i guess it's been yeah i'm just the, here as a seat the, filler I'm not, <laughs> yeah. you know i i would agree with you that the checker has gone up against government insofar as that we have called them to task about inadequacies in the system and and really discrepancies in funding in central Alberta. But I would actually say that what Sheka has really done is, as Keith has alluded to, is really mobilized the public. So we made it apparent what those discrepancies were and how central Alberta has not had its fair share. I think 
to be quite honest with you, is the public that has really been who's taken this forth. Because there's a dozen people on Sheka, we can say what we want to say and have our opinion, but it has really been the public that has taken all of those concerns to their MLAs, to the mayors, to various people to get this done. Yeah. The other thing is that we've been equal opportunity, right? When we started this, NDP was leading this mm-hmm. province. And we, you know, we transitioned from badgering them right to badgering the UCP. So one of the things that we've actually been, I think, proud of and been pretty clear to declare is we are an apolitical organization and we just really want what Red Deer deserves, right? We want per capita funding that Red Deer deserves. And if that means that I meet with somebody from the NDP or I meet with somebody from the UCP or I encourage somebody to write a letter to anyone in government, then, you know, we're happy to do that. Yeah, I think a couple of the big things that stick out to me, you alluded to the, the per capita funding. You know, we we foiped the government as a society. We we got a lot of info. Believe it or not, Ted, they do not just hand over, you know, here's what the stats are per capita. We actually had to dig through a pretty monstrous spreadsheet um, and put everything together and check it about four times. But that was a huge disparity. You know, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head and I probably should, but it was like $400 to Edmonton and, and $100 per person to, to Central Alberta. Kim, do you know the numbers? even worse than that actually worse than that yeah yeah, the numbers are basically an eight to ten to one spending discrepancy and in a scenario depending on how you put it together could even be as bad as 13 or 14 to one depending on how you looked at it It it's really hard to really discern that data but you're looking at at least eight to ten to one to as bad as 13 to 14 to one and that wasn't just over one or two years yeah that's you know we went back to 2010 prior Mm -hmm. to 2010 looked at all the infrastructure announcements given elsewhere in the province lethbridge medicine hat grand prairie certainly edmonton calgary really every major center except for red deer and for for red deer how does it compare i guess in terms of the number of patients it sees or you know the area it serves for the size of the hospital compared to really i guess on a scale to the rest of the province great great question so red deer is consistently ranked third or fourth busiest hospital in the province so if you think about there's you know three or four big hospitals in edmonton three or four big hospitals in calgary but we're either third or fourth over all the metrics over all the years as to how busy we are but our beds per capita are tiny so we serve again it depends what year you look at and where you draw the borders but our zone is anywhere between four and five hundred thousand people right so city of redger is a hundred grand but we serve between four and five hundred thousand I remember back in February of 2017 when we had our big rally, we put up a map of Central Zone and people gasped. They had no idea. Like Wetaskiwin, Drumheller, Sundry, Drayton Valley, all the way border to border, BC to Saskatchewan in the middle of the province all comes to Red Deer. So we serve a huge amount. And the other thing is we only have one big hospital in our zone. South Zone has Medicine Hat and Lethbridge. North Zone has Fort Mac and Grand Prairie. Edmonton and Calgary obviously have their multiple hospitals. We have one hospital in Central Zone with specialists. So like Dr. Jim, myself, who provide advanced care to patients. We have one hospital that serves 500,000 people. The thing I always tell my patients, because I do surgery, I'm a surgeon. I'll tell my patients on a Saturday, I don't know when we'll get you into surgery because on Saturdays, we share one operating theater with 500,000 people. You can imagine the look on their faces when I tell them that. It's really quite startling, right? And, and, and I think that the other thing that kind of puts it into context when you talk about about, we'll say third or fourth busiest hospital in the province. So we can throw out a number to say, oh, it's 10 to one in terms of funding. So that 10 to one number correlates to, it's in that billion and a half plus dollar range in terms of what is deserved in central Alberta, right? 
But put another way, the fourth busiest hospital in the province is on track right now to have no net new hospital beds for over 25 years. Right. That's that's the path that it's on. And that's even if we see beds in the next five years from this announcement that was just made. The last expansion Red Deer happened in 2002, thereabouts. Right. It'll be 25 years for the fourth busiest hospital, we'll call it in the province, to have no net new hospital beds. So there's something clearly wrong with that yeah so that let, let's get into the the government announcement so you know we had check of meetings beforehand and we were kind of tossing around like what do we think it's going to be or more so what what do we hope it's going to be we know we knew internally what we need and what red deer truly needs is basically a doubling of the current hospital and so we got 1.8 billion announced over a number of years about 193 million over the next three years uh what are your guys initial thoughts from that announcement because i think it was more than i think any of us were thinking yeah so Kim and I had this exact conversation many times. What are we going to be happy with? What are we not going to be happy with? What's our response going to be? And to be honest, 1.8 billion, as Kim alluded to, that's what we needed. That's what we deserved. But it's it's more than I expected by a lot. So I was blown away. And, you know, initially I kind of, you know, lost myself in the emotional response. I was so happy, you know, here's all our hard work coming, finally coming home to roost. But of course, there's lots of work to do. But I think, you know, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to have a good news day. And $1.8 billion, that's a good news day. Yeah, I would agree totally with that. And I would say that really, to be clear, it's the citizens of Central Alberta that are owed this. And it's the citizens of Central Alberta that to government's credit, uh, they have listened, right? And we hope as a society that future governments listen, whoever those may be, because, you know, the 200 or sorry, the, we'll call it the 200 million over the next three years, you know, that that's going to get us to a point, right? What really is going to matter is how much is allocated in years three to six, eight, right? That's what's really going to matter. How much of this announcement is really going to come through? Right. And, and that's what Sheka is going to be here to do, amongst many other things, is to make sure that that money makes it to here. Yeah, I'm sure uh, all of our listeners have dealt with the government in one form or another. So you can never believe, you know, what they're going to promise. And and again, it's a great promise, uh, but it's up to us, I think, to hold them to the task. And I thought you put it great. You know, w- we should be reasonably assured we're going to get this money over the next three years, but it's kind of years four to six and onwards where, hey, give us 200 million a plan for these first three years, but then give us like 600 to go and build something big, right? And, and get started on. Remember that if you truly plan to spend 1.8 billion dollars over eight years. It means that you have to spend basically, going to be wrong my math here, but I think it's about 225 million a year, mm-hmm. right? Roughly. Yeah. I think yep, that's what that's that right. works out. That's too, what right? I got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so 225 million a year has to be spent. So, you know, we get to year three, we'll have spent 200 million theoretically. Well, we should have spent 675 million in those three years if we were really going to spend 1.8 billion over eight years. So it gives you an idea of the ramp up and spending that's required between years three and eight to make it there. Yeah. I know for anyone outside, like I didn't really know much about this until Kevin told me more about it. And that morning, I already, I already told both of you like Kenny because why not have the announcement at the Gary W. Harris for the for the hospital I think that says something right there if you don't feel safe making that good of a news announcement at the hospital but <laughs> so I messaged Kevin and said hey looks like this this announcement's happening here like what were you guys hoping for and I think would you say 400 yeah, million think, or something yeah. like that so to hear 1.8 billion like I said is is staggering but yeah for I guess an, an everyday Joe like myself I, I do wonder like okay well where is that going to go is it an expansion is it a new hospital like like there's lots of questions to be answered still. 
And you know, if you play devil's advocate on some of that, someone's going to say, well, 1.8 billion, that's a lot of money to spend on healthcare. Is there someone else where else it could have been spent? Or is there something else that could be done with that money? And I think that one thing that people need to keep in mind with this is, is that as central Albertans, we should not feel guilty that 1.8 billion is going to be spent in Red Deer, because I can assure you, if it wasn't spent in Red Deer, it would have been spent somewhere else. And that would have essentially exported our tax dollars from central Alberta to another jurisdiction. And it really is a major issue for central Alberta in terms of growth of fabric of the community and what have you. Healthcare jobs are well-paying jobs, right? So you're exporting the future jobs for people's kids and and all of that out of central Alberta if you don't have something like this here. And the reality of things is, is that expansion in hospitals will be necessary to meet the demands of the future population. It just needs to be here to keep these jobs and people and resources here in central Alberta. Yeah, I know us three, we've talked about it before, but if the the general, you know, nursing workforce, the physician workforce, if that starts to erode to a point, it's really hard to build that back up. And when, you know, heaven forbid that we start to lose some services out of Red Deer, I mean, it's very difficult to get those back. So, you know, I think all of us are very happy and basically the announcement exceeded our expectations. But in the short term, over these next three years, yeah, 200 million is coming, but they're saying most of that's going to planning. Um, we hope there's maybe some renos in there, but that doesn't really solve some of the issues that are going on today. So I just wanted to get some input from you guys. You know, it's been in the news about long wait times in the ER, uh, the per capita stuff, but what are kind of some of the other issues you guys see day to day? One thing that's important to realize is that, you know, 2030 has been called the end date for, you know, that's when the 1.8 billion is going to be spent. But we need to survive between now and then. We need to get from here to there. So one of the things we're facing right now is a pretty significant human resources crisis where we don't have enough nurses at the hospital. We don't have enough of certain physician groups at the hospital. For example, right now, we're desperately short of anesthesiologists at the hospital, which means that we're limited in the amount of surgeries we can be doing. So pretty tragically right now, after going through COVID shutdown, after COVID shutdown where we were doing almost no surgery at all. Now we're faced with a further sort of setback where we don't have enough anesthesiologists. We're actually having OR theaters sit empty right now. So, you know, that's a it's a multifactorial problem. But one of the things we need to do is figure out how to make Red Deer an attractive place to recruit and retain a healthcare workforce so that when we're ready to open the big shiny new building in 2030, we actually have human resources to work there. And that's not a guarantee right now. It's not a guarantee that all of the programs are going to survive from now till then, let alone the new programs that we actually have to have to take care of Central Albertans, right? At the end of this, we want to make sure that our patients can be taken care of close to home where we know that the best results occur, right? Patients are happier. They have better outcomes if their care is close to home, families nearby. It's easier for them to get to appointments, etc., etc. But it's no guarantee that everything's going to survive until then. So some of this money, some of the planning has to figure out these other issues, especially workforce right now. And so that lack of workforce also factors in, you were talking about the OR opportunities, let's say. So if the ORs that we have currently, if we had enough staff where they were operating as they should, how many operations or or surgeries would you do in a month or a week? So right now in our hospital, we have nine theaters normally, okay? So right now we're running about six theaters. On average, you'll do about four surgeries per day in each of those six theaters. So 24 per day times five in a week, right? Mm -hmm. So you look at our deficit. So if we're missing three theaters, that means 12 surgeries 
per day are not getting done that should get done. So over the course of a week, that's 60 surgeries. Well, it doesn't take very many weeks to add up. And we've been at this since September, where we've only been running six theaters per day. So every week since September of 2021, we're dropping 60 surgeries that should be done. You look at some, some of our wait lists, some of our longest wait lists right now, for example, joint replacements, right? So someone needs a new hip or a new knee because they've got bad arthritis, they can't work, they can't walk, they're on narcotics, they can't be a functioning member of society. Well, that's a lot of people waiting for surgery that could have otherwise had it done. So it's pretty disappointing. And again, it all comes back and I, I sound like a broken record because I always bring it back to hospital infrastructure. But that's what it comes back to. If we compare our, our hospital to a hospital in Calgary, that's about the same size. Say we look at the Rocky View or the Peter Lougheed. Well, they have 14, 15, 16, 17 operating theaters running daily there. So almost twice what we have. And that means that they can hire lots of workers to do the daytime work, right? Lots of nurses, lots of anesthesiologists, and they can spread out the nighttime work. Because I think a lot of what people don't understand is that our hospital runs 24 hours a day, right? We're still doing surgeries, you know, after midnight, we still have to work two in the morning, three in the morning. And that work, to be honest, it's tiring, it's punishing, it's difficult. So if you only have enough staff for your nine theaters, that means you have less staff that has to cover the overnights. If you have so many staff, you can cover 18 theaters. Well, you're only working half as many nights as we're working in Red Deer. So if a Calgary hospital says, hey, come here, we'll give you lots of OR time. You only have to do call, work overnight once every 20 days. Whereas we say, eh, you got to work overnight once every nine days. What do you think is going to happen, right? We've lost a lot of human resources to Edmonton or Calgary for that exact reason. That includes nurses, anesthesiologists, other specialists who like, who just say, I don't want to have to work that hard at nighttime. I'm happy to work as hard as possible during the day, but nighttime work is punishing. And they go to those big centers or any other jurisdiction and get that more time and they're still getting paid the same or more. So yep. what's the incentive for them to want to come to Red Deer? Yeah, it's a, it's a scary problem. Yeah. So that's what we're working on is trying to figure out, you know, recruitment retention and we need we need strategies for sure. And it starts with infrastructure, you mm -hmm. know, and, and really it's something where the infrastructure should have been there years ago. And the, the other part just to keep in mind with all of this is the number of people that occupy hospital beds in Edmonton or Calgary that are residents of the immediate proximity of Red Deer in any given day. So really the systems in Edmonton have expanded and expanded, but they've expanded by those patients being there. Right. And, and for all the reasons Keith has mentioned, uh, it contributes to people having to work hours. They would rather not work nighttime hours. Right. And so you, you, you lose all those workers, you lose all those people. And on top of that, patients are having to travel for services that uh, are further away from home. Mm -hmm. And, and why should they have to do that? It's a artificial problem that's been created by infrastructure basically being placed not where patients are. And we, we warned this would happen. Back in 2017, we said this would happen. We would run into these sort of troubles, and we have. Yeah, if you look at the, uh, I looked at the, the flyer we put out for the rally, I'll call it a rally that we had at the Beaumont Inn on February the 28th of 2017. And about the fourth or fifth item down on the list was referencing surgery was, you know, too much emergency work, not enough elective work. And then we, we elaborated on that, which Keith basically has. And that's why we are here today. Yeah. That's why that's a big part of the problem that surgery has, right? And it's yeah. uh, and, and and those problems are, are across all this very acute in surgery right now and a massive problem for the hospital. But we face the same problems in other medical disciplines as well. I mean, we essentially what it means is that if those pick your number, whatever it is, 100 people 
are in the hospital in Red Deer and not in a hospital in Emerton or Calgary, then it means that you have more people in the daytime to do work and less call at nighttime for the group. And so, you know, instead of having four or five medical teams at the hospital, you have six or seven medical teams. You reduce your call by 30, 40%, right? And that's a, a massive issue for people in looking for work. And I'm sure you're both not even remotely tired about talking about the pandemic. Uh, but you know, when you, when you talk about those issues and you said back in 2017, you said, Hey, this is coming. Obviously COVID just exasperated all of those issues. But was that also a, a point where y- you could all go to the government and say, well, here's a perfect point. Like we were not ready for something like this to happen. Like, I don't know. I don't want to use the word help, but did that kind of push forward your, your case a little more to the government just to show how in need ready? Deer is for this funding? I think it probably has, particularly in some areas like intensive care. You know, at one point, and the, the numbers are, are public, not numbers, right? At any at one point in time last year during the pandemic, there were uh, over 30 patients in ICUs that were uh, residents of Central Zone. We could not accommodate them because of our ICU capacity here in Red Deer. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys were watching the town around September, October, November, December of last year, but the chopper was flying here three times a day, mm-hmm. carting people yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, we, we couldn't handle the volume. Yeah. Right? But your, your point is well taken. The pandemic has shown us, if nothing else, we do not have hospital capacity that we need to have really anywhere in Alberta. But then you look at how poorly Red Deer has been treated capacity-wise compared to everywhere else. So we're hit extra hard here. A lot of the defenses of, you know, lockdowns and everything else has been, we need to preserve our hospital capacity, which is absolutely 100% true. You know, if you get hit by a car crossing the street or I have a heart attack tonight, we need to know that care is available for us, right? And how do we make sure that care is available? We have hospital capacity. We have workers to look after those patients. We have ICUs for someone to go to afterwards. We have an OR that's staffed and ready to do the surgery. So absolutely, you know, the COVID pandemic has shone a great big flashlight and said, we do not have enough resources. So, you know, now with this announcement and moving forward, we know we have some money coming. Kind of what's what's next for Sheka? What's what's our next game plan? Well, I think that uh, we only just had a party the other day. We got, <laughs> are we supposed to think about this already? No, I mean, we, we've obviously been thinking about it for a long time, right? And I think that we all knew that this, an announcement was coming. We didn't know how big the announcement would be, but we knew that regardless of the announcement coming, the the, the focus of Sheka was still going to be the same. And it was going to be continuing to advocate for what needs to be here, for continuing to push governments and and other authorities on this issue. And I think that we as well need to keep up our engagement with the community and, and community engagement is a big part of what we do. I think Keith, right? Yeah, I agree. I think there's, you know, just back of napkin, I think there's three main points that we need to be focusing on. Number one is what's the start date for the big build? We need a start date. When are we going to actually put a shovel in the ground for significant redevelopment, you know, whether it's new tower, however the money is going to be spent. So that's number one. I think number two is what's our renovation plan that helps us get from here to there, right? Because it's very clear, you know, we're holding on by thread right here. You know, the, the waters are closing over our heads. We need, we need something now. So what's the renovation plan that gets us from here to there? And then the third thing is human resources. 
you know, how much of this, this money goes into, you know, funding, planning, training new people, recruiting new people, you know, should some of this money or other monies go into training more nurses, right? Let's plan for the future. We know we're going to need a lot more healthcare workers in 2030. Well, let's start, let's start training them now. So I think those three things, reno plan, shovel in the ground, human resources, I think, right? That's what Sheka needs to be pushing. And I, and I think that the key point to one other thing is, is there are so many things that could be done at the hospital today. This this speaks to key saying renovation, but there are so many programmatic realignment things and such that could be done at the hospital today that we don't need a new building for. We just need resources for it to make it happen today. So from a physician perspective, one of my arguments has always been wonderful to have a $1.8 billion announcement. If you can find a way to spend $1.8 billion over the next number of years, surely you can find the funds to properly fund a number of programs that we have today. And, and these, you know, speaking from the internal medicine perspective are outpatient programs that keep people out of the hospital, right? That we don't have adequately funded clinics that we don't have, that we should have, that keep people healthier and keep people out of the hospital. These are all things that were tremendously under-resourced over the years. And we need these things now. We have space for them now. And it would make a much smoother transition to a future hospital. There was a cardiac plan that was developed multiple times over and hard to believe it's been four years plus since it was released. There are things in that plan that need to be enacted and they're not. Right. So these are the kinds of things that we need to do. And there's a whole plethora of things within the surgical world that, that could be done today. Absolutely. And, you know, and the cath lab, right? The cath lab has always been an emotional, you know, life or death ask for Red Deer Central Alberta. Surely we don't have to wait till 2030 to have a cath lab. You know, I, I think that needs to be prioritized. We need to figure out a way at least short term to put it in our current footprint. And again, we're going to need human resources to run that thing. I thought you had a great uh, idea, Keith, about using Red Deer Polytechnic and just maybe just explain on, on how that could maybe help with some of the human resource issues. Yeah. So I've met with, you know, representatives from Red Deer Polytechnic and from representatives from the Ministry of Advanced Education. And one of the things that came out of it was, of course, we need an ability to train more nurses. So in fact, Red Deer Polytechnic actually did increase their PN nursing program. So to produce licensed practical nurses, which is fantastic. They've kind of hit their max without new infrastructure structure. So the representatives from Red Deer Polytechnic kind of said, you know, it'd be great if we had a one-time dump of money for a new lab, etc., where we can train more people. So that's one thing we can focus on immediately, right? How do we increase the training capacity at Red Deer Polytechnic for the licensed practical nurses? And then the other program that they produce nurses at Red Deer Polytechnic is for their Bachelor of Nursing program. Now, a lot of people probably don't know, but their degree is actually granted by University of Alberta. Right. And University of Alberta actually has oversight over Red Deer Polytechnic's Bachelor of Nursing program. And that kind of means that Red Deer Polytechnic doesn't get to decide how many nurses they put into their program every year. University of Alberta gets to decide that. So a reasonable answer, and I'm, I don't think I'm putting words in anyone's mouth because, you know, the representatives from Red Deer Polytechnic have said, you know, maybe this needs to be one of their degree granting programs, right? We know it's been in the news recently that they've gotten degree granting privileges. So there's certain right. programs that they can hand out degrees. Well, if you ask me, you know, someone with obviously a narrow focus works in the hospital, but I think we need to be pounding the table with everybody we can to say, let's get Bachelor of Nursing away from U of A's control and under Red Deer Polytechnic's control, because we know where you train somebody matters, right? Yes. Where someone trains and lives, they're more likely to work in that place, right? So, you know, if someone moves to Red Deer for their nursing training, they work in Red Deer Hospital during their nursing practicum, they're more likely to stay. And same thing with all the little 
little hospitals around that we really rely on, right? If we're bringing in nurses from Rocky Mountain House and Innisfail and Stetler, people who've graduated high school from there come do their nursing and then go back and work in Central Zone, that helps us absolutely. So right. I think more local control makes a ton of sense as far as training our healthcare workers. Right. So Sheka's role in that would be, and the general public too, is just kind of lobbying absolutely. Red Deer Polytechnic, yeah. lobbying the government and saying, yeah. hey, let's get this these changes made yeah. so that we can you know grow good people right in our own backyard and they're going to stay here i think a lot of it is people you know don't necessarily know uh, in the public all the nuances to these issues i think a lot of people obviously wouldn't know all of what keith had to say about how training and who grants what degree and where the controls are um i think if you you know much like we did with the hospital issues you bring those to light and people suddenly realize well that's not right you know, mm -hmm. and and so much of this is just, it, it's been easy advocacy work because it, we've been pointing out things that are just so glaringly obvious and, and people are quick to pick up on it and, and start lobbying. And that, that's been, in my mind, the true success of Shaka has been mobilizing people. So on that note, you know, how can the public get involved here moving forward with Sheka uh, in general? You know, that is something where we're going to have some specific campaigns, I think, over time for awareness on some specific issues. And we would, you know, it's one of those things where we kind of need to see, well, where's the where's the, the proof, the proofs in the pudding of what actually gets announced and, and what actually gets to Red Deer. So I think in an appropriate period of time, we're going to be out there saying, bringing the issues to light about where we are, right? And I think that each one of those will be an opportunity for people to call people and to talk to their MLAs and what have you. And I think that an election comes up in a year and a half. Uh, we need to make sure that every time a uh, prospective uh, MLA knocks on the door in Red Deer, no matter which political party they're from, that they get the questions about the hospital. Yeah, absolutely true. You know, I think we'll come up with some specific asks, but, you know, right now, certainly, you know, more interest as far as, you know, local leaders in the community, if they want to be involved with Sheka, absolutely. You know, we're more than willing to liaise with anybody. And one thing I've learned is that lobbying makes a difference. But lobbying also is really hard for one person or a few people to do. But, you know, if everybody chips in, writes the odd letter, you know, phones up their MLA or their mayor or whoever and says, hey, you know, when is the shovel going to be in the ground at Red Deer uh, Regional Hospital Expansion? Hey, when are we going to get more nurses at Red Deer Polytechnic? Hey, how are we going to keep doctors from leaving Red Deer? Right. Those are legitimate questions that we don't have. You know, the public doesn't have to have the answer to that, but somebody should have the answer to that. But if the public's not asking those questions, then nobody cares. Right. So, you know, at Sheka, we've talked about, you know, what do we need moving forward? And so to be clear, and I think it's came out in this interview, but as an organization of Sheka, we're not looking for donations or we don't need money. We don't really, there's, there's very low cost in what we do. It's just public advocacy is really. And so we just want, you know, hopefully by the end of this interview, some of our listeners are, are kind of riled up um, and pissed off. And yeah, this 1.8 billion is great, but obviously it's not solving all the issues that are occurring right now. And uh, we need everyone to, to kind of let their voice be heard. Heard. And so we've talked about more, you, you mentioned about getting some local leaders involved. So if there's any businesses out there that are looking to maybe, you know, help with this cause, again, we're not looking for your money. We're looking for, can you mobilize your workforce? Um, can you just get people involved in this movement and keeping the pressure on the right people is really what it's all about. Yep. Absolutely true. 
there's supposed to be a question in there, but I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to resist the urge. I'm going to assume neither of you have ever listened to this podcast, and I recommend you keep it that way. But I'm going to resist the urge with, with two doctors in the studio to ask a lot of questions. But I do have to ask Dr. Jim, what is a nerf or nerf? And you know what? Your writing is messy, Kevin, but I still wouldn't get it. What is, can you explain your discipline? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was supposed yeah. to do that at the yeah. start. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say you're lucky you're trying to read Kevin's writing and not mine. But, uh, <laughs> That's very anyway, true. <laughs> anyways, so a nephrologist is basically a subspecialty of internal medicine. Internal medicine is the basically the discipline that deals with if you have a problem with a major organ. So a general internist takes care of people who have, you know, either heart, lung, kidney, bowel, what have you kind of problems. But if you further subspecialize, nephrology is um, specifically looking at kidney. So it's a specialist in kidney medicine. That's not how kidneys drain or your prostate or your bladder, but how kidney itself actually works. That's what I thought, but I just want to. <laughs> okay, to good. I'm glad, I'm glad we clarified that. And for then, you. Dr. <laughs> oh boy. Dr. Keith. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Wolf, Yeah, that's pretty good, okay. actually. Uh, you're an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. So essentially, I fix broken people, right? Like Someone emotionally? No. I can keep getting a while. Yeah. 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 No. So orthopedic surgeons fix, you know, broken bones, ligaments, tendons, you know, arthritis, things like that. So uh, orthopedic surgeons are universally looked down upon by everybody else in medicine. <laughs> we are unfairly targeted as being the dumb jocks of medicine, uh, but it's okay to embrace it. <laughs> Yeah, until you need an, an orthopedic surgeon, right? And, and everybody eventually needs yeah. an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. Which actually reminds me of wrist is I do have to have <laughs> yeah. you look at it. <laughs> See, everybody. Yeah, I don't know anyone, either of you can fix a, a hernia, but I've been putting that off for about four years, so I probably yeah. should. Uh, Dr. Hardy, Dr. Hardy could have yeah. done yeah. that, but he's no longer here. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I've had it, I had it done, and then I didn't wait long enough to do stuff again, and it, it still hurts. Well, if you get your name in now in about three years, you'll get oh, Oh, it's in there. Yeah. No, it's in there. I was going to say, so that is what falls under the scheduled surgery, mm -hmm. right? So, and it's many people like knee replacements, you need your ACL done, you need your gallbladder out, you need your kidney stones taken out. That's all the scheduled surgery. And one of the things that really irritates me is people call that elective surgery. Like it's not actually that important. We can kind of get around to it whenever, which honestly, that's bullshit. Scheduled surgery still needs to be done because people are suffering while waiting to have their intervention. And I think... You know, what we found is that scheduled surgery was what gets sacrificed when you face any pressure from anything else, whether that's overcapacity, whether that's COVID, scheduled surgery gets sacrificed. And honestly, I think that's an error in how we've been handling things. And, you know, hopefully with our expansion, that will be less so. But to give you an extreme example, so in Manitoba, they are actually transporting scheduled surgery on spine patients, not only out of Winnipeg, not only out of Manitoba, out of the country. So they're sending spine surgery patients to North Dakota to have their surgery done there. And you can imagine how much that's going to cost. Yeah. And why is that? Capacity, right? So we're not alone here in Red Deer, but gosh, let's never get to that point. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. 
pretty yeah. scary that you know those are decisions being made yeah i know we've seen like i said i'm i'm okay getting bumped back to the bottom because honestly for me it's like i just can't do some core stuff when i'm at the gym and that's a great excuse so i'm not <laughs> i'm not overly overly eager to get in there but yeah it is even the, the first time too right and then they call you and they say hey sir can you we can get you in there and for me like i was like well no that's golf season i guess i'll wait so again a little a little self-inflicted there but it is just seeing especially now uh through COVID. COVID, like all this, the surgeries that have had to be canceled or put off and some pretty, obviously pretty important ones too. Yeah, absolutely. And every patient has their own story and their own journey, right? And some people like yourself are okay with waiting, but some people, you know, they can't work while they're waiting. They can't do, you know, what their job requires. So they're not putting money in the bank, food in the table, you know, or people are on opioids. They're getting addicted to narcotics because they're dealing with pain. These are problems that are easy to ignore when you say, we're going to cancel surgery because we need to divert those resources. But, you know, just like any problem in life, if you ignore it for long enough, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass and, and that will happen. Yeah. I mean, right now you might not think it's a big priority to have your surgery, but in two years time, if you're not playing golf, you might think it is. Right? Oh yeah. It'll, well, it'll bite me in the crotch eventually <laughs> yeah, to be more specific. But. Or if your guts pour out of your hernia and get locked in there and then you'll be on the emergency ad list. So is that a warning or advice? <laughs> so you'll jump yeah. up the list. It's not advice. Yeah. Okay. That's a warning. Just had to, yeah, just had, just had to make sure. One thing before we wrap up to say again that to have two doctors, two healthcare workers in here. I know talking about the pandemic and for everyone at the hospital, everyone in healthcare lived through two very different pandemics. Right? There was the first half that yeah. was thank you healthcare workers, and there was the second half where it was you were a lightning rod for all the misdirected anger and that. So I think just on behalf of our podcast everyone you know in red deer just thank you for doing what you do obviously before the pandemic but i can only imagine how exhausted everyone is and just according to the the alberta government covid's over in alberta but i know at the at the hospital it's not so just thank you for what you do thank you i think that's well said actually that's is how we've lived it yeah, so a huge thank you again to doctors Kim, Jim, and Keith Wollstenholm out of that time for taking the time to come in and do that interview. As I said before, really was informative. I'm sure no one ever expected us to have two doctors on our show, or at least to have two doctors on our show and not ask a whole bunch of inappropriate questions about what can and can't go in the human body. Because I was close. It was really tough not... We did off the record, though. <laughs> <laughs> and? Anything with a handle. <laughs> <laughs> Is okay. Yeah. He said. Yeah. Just don't stick anything in that doesn't have a handle. Yeah. You guys actually did ask. Oh, I've had this. I've had this conversation before too with nurses and stuff. And hey, the more you know, because like vegetables and stuff, they yeah. get soggy. It's not a purse. You have to think before you put stuff in it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But so again, Kevin, thanks for organizing that because I know that's a, a cause kind of close to your heart, something you've been a part of. But again, I, I learned a lot. And man, every time two doctors told me, hey, good question, that was like the best feeling ever. That might make my hair go full mast. <laughs> oh, it's really limp. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been uh, a part of that organization for a while now, and I joined initially when uh, in my old career, 
as as a as a partner at an accounting firm and i had a lot of uh, doctor clients uh that i worked with and you know honestly it was it was every single client would just come in and you know i'd ask them about their day-to-day life and all that kind of stuff at work and then it, it was always just a struggle for them to do their jobs properly like that was the biggest thing that i learned from working with hundreds of doctors over my career was they are all so focused on like patient outcomes positive patient outcomes and just doing their job and they want to help people yeah they make a lot of money but they're saving lives like they deserve it they're very smart people and uh just to hear all the problems that they continually face and in my opinion there's there's a lot that can be done on the alberta health side um i didn't want to say this in the interview because i didn't want to put them in a tough spot but you know alberta health services just it needs a complete overhaul and i won't get into it too much but essentially there was a study done not very recently where they compared canada to germany and so germany has about call it double the population of canada and public health care system and canada is actually ranked one of the worst public health care systems in the world and germany is like third well how is this? Like, how do they have double the population and theirs is way better? And it was basically the cost per administrator. And so basically it's, it's not the doctors, nurses, any of that. It's the people in the background that make everything happen here, at least in Alberta to get a simple request, it might have to go through nine different approvals. And so the essence of this study was Germany spends way less dollars per administrator than Canada does. And so what that means is our healthcare system is just bogged down with paperwork, bureaucracy, you know, jumping through hoops to get simple stuff done. And so, you know, I'm kind of stand on my soapbox now, but you know, the whole Canadian system, yeah, <laughs> the whole Canadian system needs an overhaul. Alberta needs an overhaul. Um, I've had a lot of clients say that I'll trying to make changes in Alberta health is like trying to turn the Titanic. A lot of things that, that could be done and maybe one day they will, but at least we have good people like Dr. Kim Jim and Dr. Wolsenholm and, and a ton of other doctors that are advocating. And like I said, they're all great people and they just want what's best for the public and, and for the community. So I'm um, very honored to have them on. They're great people. And uh, we're just going to keep advocating and, and pushing for change. I bet Germany could have explained that nine times quicker too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm waiting to say that. We just lost all our AHS listener base though. <laughs> all the executives at Alberta Health Services that used to listen to us are gone. Yeah. So if you are listening, smarten up. <laughs> Be sad to see that person go. But going through that, because it could have been a very like doom and gloom interview too. Like, and it's something important to shed light on. But I really like too that to let everyone know like what's being done to try and improve that. I honestly didn't know Sheka existed until you started talking about it. And just knowing that, and I think they said at the end of the interview, right? Like advocacy makes such a huge difference. So thank you to you, the doctors, everyone on there uh, for doing that. And again, uh, hopefully that $1.8 billion uh, does what, what they hope it'll do and i'll just say it was a good stretch for alberta there a couple weeks back we had the announcement for the hospital funding but then our friends over the child advocacy center also got uh, a good grant coming from the government to to build that uh, awesome facility at the college so i i mean i'm not a big politics guy or government guy but hopefully it all goes through yeah great interview guys so a couple different things now coming up in Red Deer over the next month or so, two months really. So let's take a look at what's happening. What's happening is brought to you by Alberta European Motorworks and Alberta Asian Motorworks, family owned and operated in Red Deer for over 15 years, offering full service for all makes and models. And mention you heard Mike on the Oh Deer podcast for 10% off your next service. Learn more at AEMW.com and AAM. 
A-M-W-R-D.com and then follow them on social media. That was A-OK. How cool was that seeing Mike's parents at the Rebels game after? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we were at the Rebels game a Tuesday night game and we're actually talking with a friend and he's talking about, man, that Mike Passman interview was great. Like we we're just openly talking about him. And I don't know, 20 minutes later, the people behind us start talking to us and it's his parents. We're like, holy shit. Good thing we didn't say anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't. It was all good. Yeah. We waited till they left before we started to trash them. <laughs> one of their funny, like one of the things they said was that they loved Lund's vehicle sounds on the podcast. So. Hey man, there's a lot of people out there, out there that make vehicle sounds like yeah. that. So, um, man of the people. Yeah. One of the, one of the many. There's only a few that make those sounds in bed though. Yeah. One of the few. Oh no. Keep going. I'm going to just let this keep going as long as we want. All right. We're going to pull a U-turn. Whoa. Um, so first event coming up again, you're going to miss this unless you listen to us in the first couple days. This episode comes out, uh, but our Piper Creek Optimist Club is hosting a comedy night fundraiser at Bose on Saturday, April 2nd, featuring comedian Todd Ness from Calgary, who, if you remember way back, was actually our guest on episode three. Uh, he has special guests to uh, Steve Taddy and Dale Ward. I'll be, I don't know, kind of sort of emceeing this one. I also kind of got fired. So I think I get to go up and tell you to buy 50-50 tickets and not heckle and that's probably my job for the night. So there's that too. So kind of a like Lunda, a reworking of the Battle of Alberta that was supposed to be back in January that we do every year. So instead of a hockey theme, just a comedy night. Uh, but we can all tell you from experience too that Todd is worth the price of admission all on his own. Yeah, I've seen Todd a couple of times and I can't wait to, to see him a third time. I know he's got, got fresh new jokes too. And uh, the other two comedians, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing for the first time. So tickets for that one are $40 each, which includes light app appetizers from Bose and a beverage from Troubled Monk. All proceeds go to the Hockey Alberta Foundation's Every Kid, Every Community program like it does every year with this fundraiser. And that just helps really give every kid in Alberta the chance to play hockey. So you can get your tickets online at Bose website or reach out to us on social media, uh, the podcast or any of us individually, and we will get you tickets. So the next thing coming up, Walsh is going to tell us about... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, at least a couple episodes ago, we had our friend Kara Horsley from uh, Mamas for Mamas Red Deer. Uh, so they are hosting a big fundraising event on April 9th. And if you're a country music fan, this one's for you. It's called Gone Country, and it's also at Bose, featuring a live performance from Aaron Prochette. Tickets are $50 and include light appetizers and a beverage. Doors open at 6 p.m. Uh, all funds raised will stay in Red Deer to grow Mamas for Mamas at-risk comprehensive program. You can find Mamas for Mamas on Instagram to purchase tickets or as always just slide into Ted's DMs and we'll point you in the right direction. And plenty of room in there these days. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so before we before we go any further, uh, Dustin, can you sing any Aaron Prochet lyrics? Get low, get low, <laughs> get low, get low. Get low. <laughs> Hold my beer. I like how you actually put together. So, because it's a podcast, I placed a beer in Dustin's hand and then he figured it out. He just starts singing when he's, when he's got a beer in his hand, <laughs> yeah. though. It is, though. It's a good show. And, like, for most people, how long has it been since you've seen live music, right? And you can do it for 50 bucks, a great Canadian country artist, and for a great cause. And Bose is okay, too. So, that's two of the four big events coming our way. Dustin, what do we actually just have a meeting about today coming up May 7th? Yeah, the Central Alberta Child Advoc Advocacy Center is hosting its inaugural Courage Cup ball hockey tournament and after party. 
So the Advocacy Center and is the charity of choice for the PCN Fun Run, which also goes on May 7th, which is Mother's Day weekend. Uh, I participated in this last year. It's a great event. Uh, so there's still t- time to sign up for that. So in conjunction with the run, they'll be hosting a ball hockey tournament down in Capstone on the Saturday afternoon, complete with a barbecue and beer gardens. Lundy. Woohoo. Thank you. And they'll be hosting an after party at, you guessed it, Bose to celebrate the champions and for an evening of entertainment, which is open to every everyone and a $20 ticket will get you an entry as well as the light appetizers from Bose and a drink ticket. Now, if that wasn't enough reason to come to the after party against their better judgment, the advocacy center, man, that's so hard to say, has asked us to provide some entertainment so you can catch Oh Dear live that night around 6:30 and then of course the real entertainment will start around 8 with some live music. Like a surprise London Walsh. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> Should have come huh. to the meeting. What? What? What date is that? Yeah. What'd you guys sign us up for? <laughs> May seventh. Oh. <laughs> We already told them you'd take their your shirt off. Actually, oh, true story. I asked. I said, like, what what type of vibe are we looking for for this? Like, shirts on or off? Like, is that too far? And they they just said, read the room. Oh, you know I can't read the room. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to say the room. <laughs> hey, sorry, Dustin. So there's not much space left in the ball hockey tournament already, but you can reach out to the advocacy center through their socials if you're interested in joining. And otherwise, keep your eyes peeled for more information. You can check ours or the advocacy center social media pages to get your tickets for the after show at Bose. So at least for now, save the date, put it in your calendar, May seventh. Kev Lund, you got it. Aaron, you can come too. Thank you. Andrew, you're not invited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We said it was a lot. There's a lot. Last but not least, another Optimus Club event coming up in June. First time we've done this one. We hope it's going to interest a lot of people. Lundy, since you're the one spearheading it, what is happening on June 4th? Well, Teddy, we got ourselves the first annual Piper Creek Optimist Club Charity Golf Classic. Uh, so it's going to be held at Alberta Springs. It's going to be an all-day event. 800 bucks gets you a, a team entry. We're still looking for a few sponsors. So Gold Level Sponsor gets you a free team. And uh, you're, you're ending up sponsoring a hole. So you get some signage out there. And uh, Silver Level Sponsorship doesn't get you a team, but you get your, your advertising out there. Um, so we're looking to sell this thing out. We've already got some great... Uh, great partners sign up. I think we're. I think we've already got our food and beverage holes all all locked up, which is nice. Um, it's going to be a full day event with dinner, and then after the tournament, we're going to end up busing people to to Bo's barn barn stage. So uh, we're going to be talking about this on a. I guess the the next couple of episodes as well as we get closer to the event. Uh, but looking to see a lot of familiar faces out there, and it's it's mainly just a fun tournament: four man scramble, four women scramble, four mixed team scramble, whatever you want to call it. And may the best team win. Just a scramble. Oh, yeah. I guess I could have said that. (laughs) And most importantly, all the, you know, I think we talked about the Optimus Club a lot, but all those funds raised stay in Central Alberta and they all go back to youth organizations of in uh, various states. and Like the Advocacy Center. Yeah, exactly. One of the big, big ones we support. This is one too, like we can't stress enough. If you like to golf, but you're not good at golf and you feel like I'm never going to win the grand prize at the tournament, this one's for you because to be eligible to win like our grand prize, all you have to do is enter a team. Yeah. If you win, you win the trophy and that's it. And, and, a, and a, a pat problem. on the back, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think we already have people signed up that are scratch golfers and people that are 40 handicaps or 50 handicaps. So, it's for everyone. So, how cool is this? The, we know we just mentioned four events, all lead back to Bose Bar and Stage, which is 
Like that's insane. And I think maybe not one, but three or four, maybe four or four involve our friends over a troubled monk. Like how, how cool is that? How much community investment investment. Okay. Yeah. Investment. These, these two businesses have, you know, that we get to partner with. That's, that's really cool. Maybe we're just using them. Well, I mean, yeah. we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're using us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say one thing. I haven't been to too many golf tournaments that are actually on a Saturday. Like usually they're on Mondays, maybe a Friday, but this is on a Saturday. Uh, we know, you know, all the, the people in the Optimus Club are just beauty guys. Really all that means is it's going to be a fun time no matter what. So like Lundy said, even if you're not a big golfer, come and have fun and raise some money. You know what? If you, if you like the outdoors, if you like to drink, if you don't like to drink, if you like to eat, if you don't like to eat, this tournament's for you. So show up. And if we didn't mention you, this tournament's still for you. Yes. And a oh dear is going to be, we're going to sponsor a hole too. And we're basically, we're just going to be there chirping you in your backswing and seeing <laughs> if you can hit the green. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to get absolutely demoralized and all of your biggest flaws picked out and told to you in your golf foursome, this is the tournament for you. Andrew, you should do Ted's hair for that day. <laughs> so again, uh, for that one, you can go to pipercreekoptimist.com if, um, if you want to sign up or just email pcogolfclassic at gmail.com. So I said that was a lot. I didn't lie. Uh, so thanks everyone for kind of hanging with us through that. But I think every time we can do a little more to let people know what's going on around the community, I think I'm very happy to do that. So that's what's happening. All right, so let's see if we can keep things on the rails here because we're going to head into the Andrew Russell Market Minute. Andrew, I'm almost afraid to ask, but how's how's the housing market these days? The housing market's hot, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Andrew Russell from the Market Minute. Just the tip. <laughs> S- tips, tips. You're very bad at small puns. <laughs> and the rails have yeah. been derailed. Yeah, thanks a lot, Andrew. <laughs> You talk about maintaining your bush one time. Yeah. That's all it takes, apparently. So, the market is still hot. Um, Interest rates are going up, though, which is going to start shifting things. So, Bank of Canada put the interest rate up 25 basis points, which is effectively 0.25%. I sat in on a phone call with uh, the head economist for CIBC, who basically said, we're going to see 200 basis point increase in the next two years. So, basically, rates will likely be up a full 2% in the next two years. So, looking at it, economy-wise, Alberta is strong. We're forecasted to have a really strong GDP. We've got a lot of people moving in from out of province right now. So the market will stay strong. I don't think we're going to see any decrease in price, but the increase in interest rates is likely going to start slowing things down a little bit or calming things down. Um, And the government is trying to curb inflation uh, and trying to slow the housing markets down as well, mostly because markets like Toronto and uh, Vancouver have just kind of gotten completely out of control. And actually, even Calgary and Edmonton are getting to that point now. Uh, At one point, you know, properties in Calgary are selling for hundreds of thousands over ask. They're getting 30, 40, 50 offers. And we haven't seen that in central Alberta. Um, You know, we might get two offers on a property, three offers on a property. It might sell slightly over list. Um, I have yet to see anything that's been even close to 100,000 over list. I think the highest I've seen is 25,000. And that was a one-off. So 
they basically are trying to cool things off. Uh, again, not just the housing market, everything. And effectively, if things start to, or inflation starts to slow down by the summer, we should be in pretty good shape moving forward. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what this basically means is that if you're if you're a buyer, or you're thinking about buying a property, if you don't have a rate locked in already, lock the rate in because chances are you're not going to get a better rate than what you're going to get right now. Uh, just have a question on that. Can you, generally with banks, you can lock in the rate. Is it like 90 days before you get the mortgage or something like that? Can you- Most banks are 90 to 120 days they'll hold a rate for. That being said, uh, lenders do have rate specials once in a while where they'll offer like a, a better rate on a 30-day quick close or something along those lines. And so, if you lock a rate in and a better rate becomes available, you're still able to take the better rate. If you lock the rate in and the rates go up, then at least you've got that time frame to, to get in and, and purchase a property. Rates will go up. Prices will likely stay strong. I don't think they're going to go down at all. Um, and so, increased rates just means a little bit less buying power in terms of the purchase price for the property. This Red Deer Real Estate Update was brought to you by Andrew Russell and Associates with Remax Real Estate Central Alberta, the official realtor of the Odeer podcast. For more information on the team and the services they provide, visit andrewrussell.ca. I will say that was... <laughs> Drink. That was... <laughs> what? <laughs> We'll tell you later. Okay. I will say though. <laughs> Do I say I will say? Every every start of every nice. sentence. <laughs> I just like the whole posture. Too. I'm about to say. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. The posture with you the pointing. Yeah. And that was good. Andrew Bean. <laughs> that was very valuable information. But I just wanted to give Andrew a quick tire pump though, because he sold my brother-in-law and sister's house in yes. it might have been less than 24 hours. I think it was yeah, 10 hours. That not is, not my quickest sale ever, but not bad. They were extremely- Quicker than your market minute, quote unquote. <laughs> God, if that's a minute, I don't know what all those women were complaining to me about. That's great. <laughs> that's what I, I was thinking of that joke instead of listening to you, Andrew. <laughs> That's okay, Ted. And we know it doesn't impact you because you'll be living in Lund's basement for a while still. So. Oh, yeah. But good good work, Andrew. Thanks again for the market minute. I will say that uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> I didn't even realize. Uh, All right. Well, that was the Andrew Russell market minutes. You know, Andrew, you've got to go, but I promise I will keep my hair in the rest of the night. It looks good, man. It feels... It, I think you should... It actually feels better because it's all like up out of my face and off my head. It's not bad. I stabbed the back of my neck a couple times when I leaned back, but otherwise it's pretty good. Now you're fine though, because you're fully erect. Yeah. Uh, So before we head into our usual bathroom break, let's talk about the reason we all have to pee. It's a good segue. Uh, Thank you as always to our friends at DoorTender, providing us with some beverages to enjoy tonight. I know these guys here are all happy that I can have a drink or two again while we're here. And we need lots of drinks if we're going to drink every time we hear, I will say. But a reminder, door tender, I will say though, door tender rewards are still on. Uh, honestly, it's pretty much one of the best rewards programs, honestly, I've ever seen. Dustin can probably attest to that too. You make an order or two, all of a sudden you have like a $5, $10, a $15 gift card right away. So download the door tender app, go to doortender.ca, create an account, start earning rewards. 
So that brings us to our next Deer Call, where we have a new but not so new sponsor for this one. So Aaron, who is Deer Call brought to us by? Deer Call is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive in Lacombe and Red Deer. Stop in now for one of Central Alberta's biggest selections of craft beer, their famous Caesars that eat like a meal, or their Burger of the Month, featuring a new guest chef every month, with $2 from every burger sold going to the guest chef's charity of choice. Cilantro and Chive, your favorite new destination to meet with family and friends for food, drink, conversation, and fun. You guys remember the first time we met with Riley from Cilantro and Chive and Lund suggested that they should put like burgers on their Caesars? (laughs) And look look at them now. (laughs) You're welcome, Riley. I can't believe he didn't just shut us down right there and like kick us out. Yeah, go home. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, okay, Lund, we're in magazines for the Caesars like a meal, but... (laughs) He's, yeah, I don't know why he didn't just hire me on the spot right there. <laughs> That's the real question. So again, thank you, Cilantro and Chive, for coming on as our new Deer Call sponsor. And one part of their partnership is to provide a $25 gift card to Aksha each time to give away to two followers who answer the Deer Call each time. So congratulations to Michelle and Jeremy, our first two winners. Hold for applause. <laughs> So for this one, I was inspired not only by having our doctor friends on this episode, but uh, a a recent personal injury uh, to ask everyone what their most embarrassing or weird injury was. And we got some pretty weird and embarrassing ones out there. So Walsh, take us away. Michelle, one of the winners said, I slipped on the edge of my hot tub while getting out and fell on a staircase. Ended up winded and with bruised thighs, ribs and arms and stitches above my eyebrow. And it all happened in front of my friends. Do you ever, what do you guys do when your friends like fall in front of you because I run. I get out of there. It's so embarrassing. I, if they start moving, okay, they're okay and I'm gone. I determine how serious the injury is and if it's like not a broken bone, then I just laugh hysterically. Yeah, I'm with Lund on that too. <laughs> I do too just as I'm running away. Yeah. Why, why do you run away? Because if they're really hurt, I don't want to deal with it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's awkward. Oh, I, and I know how I feel when I fall and people are around. I just want everyone to go away. So, I'm just... Or you don't want to be part of that embarrassment or yeah. you just don't want to All have of to it. apply first aid. And running's good for you. I think I'd make like a huge scene if the person's not hurt. Like, the, yeah, the way yeah, that I'm would. laughing... You would. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I'd be, I'd be... Hey, li- everybody, look yeah. over here. I'd be laying on a curb, like, howling it at would be the, if he wasn't hurt. I could see Dustin right now double clutching his gut, leaning oh, back. Yeah. Oh, 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 I will say that was pretty funny. Hundy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, the other winner, said, I broke my jaw on an old wooden speaker because I refused to sacrifice my ravioli while I fell. <laughs> so, that just paints... <laughs> that paints a picture. Yeah. That- <laughs> That's not why he won, but he like it was just a random draw. But he deserves to win for. That. So it it sounds like he saved the ravioli and broke a rib. So then he <laughs> no, he broke his jaw. His so he jaw, could sorry. he saved the ravioli and then he couldn't even eat it. Uh, <laughs> well, he could just put it in the blender. Oh, gross. Tim Bit from Designed Riders said, running down the stairs at a New Year's Eve party with shoes on, managed to get my foot stuck in someone else's shoes because apparently I have small feet. I fractured my foot and had to wear a cast. Nurses were betting on what time the first injured person would come in that morning. And the one who won thanked me. (laughs) I wonder if nurses do that regularly. Well, picture this. Picture this. She's running down the the stairs with her shoes on. And got her foot stuck in another shoe. Like I'm picturing, that's skill. I'm picturing like a like a large DC skate shoe that she went. I wonder into. if Aaron's shoed foot could fit in Dustin's Birkenstock. Well, we'll we've, got a, we've got a staircase. Yeah. Let's go find out. 
I like how you teed that up. That was like Twilight Zone. Picture, if you will, <laughs> a girl, a shoe, a bigger shoe. An unrelenting <laughs> staircase. <laughs> and now a cast. Yeah. <laughs> anonymous said, chipped my tooth kissing someone passionately. I would want to be anonymous too. <laughs> I thought you said shipped my tooth and it made me think of that Kmart commercial. <laughs> I just shipped my pants. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not out here giving Kmart free ads. <laughs> I just shipped my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that commercial, but I, what? I dig oh, it. We're going sh- to show it to you later. Yeah. It is actually sidebar the one of the best commercials ever made. <laughs> was, but anyway. it, was it a Super Bowl commercial? No, no, it was like a YouTube okay. commercial. It w- um, th- I get that one. I, uh, in university, was going through the process of trying to replace uh, the crown on my front tooth. And I had a temporary tooth in and I bit into a candy necklace off of someone else's neck and my tooth fell out. And after that, I had to carry uh, denture glue in my purse to the bar in case, oh. <laughs> in case I lost another. And yeah, that's sorry, how old were you? Too old, but I would have been yeah. like 19. <laughs> 17, that's too possibly. young for denture glue. <laughs> yeah, too old. <laughs> As we listen to Aaron's story, I have one story to tell you. And I think Lund and Ted, Kevin, you might have been there that night. One of our friends at Eastside, Marion's, he puts on a dinner for, for our group every year. And he dresses his house up like a restaurant with bathroom signs and maitre d's and waitresses, servers, like... He does it all out. And so the first time he did this, I I got four front veneers that cost a fair bit of money. That wasn't mine. It was my mom's. But anyways, I, uh, I'm leaving this, uh, this restaurant in air quotes and at the front door, he's got, uh, mints and he goes, Oh, make sure you grab a mint before you leave. Like, make sure you leave a good review. Like he made it like this whole production. I go, well, thanks. And I throw it up in the air and go to catch it in my mouth and half my veneers break off as I catch it in my mouth. (laughs) And I go, Oh, like I felt it hit my teeth and I go, Oh my God. And I look at, I don't even remember who it might've been Lund. It might've been somebody else. And I look at him, I go, did my teeth break? And he, he just goes, Oh, Hey Lloyd. So we won't say the name, but it, it, I remember who it was. Cause it's our friend with a black tooth. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Peeper. <laughs> Was it, was it a real mint oh, or yeah. was it like a fake brick or something? No, it was a real mint. It just landed weird in my mouth and just oh. chopped it right off. But So, Laura forked out some thousands. Well, I, I may, well, I shouldn't say this, but I may have said I bit into an apple wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you at least say like a whole holiday ham or something yeah, yeah, believable? Like no like one's believing. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would believe that you wouldn't know how to bite into an apple properly. <laughs> And you would do it wrong and break your tooth. Yeah. You start with the core, man. <laughs> Just like an exercise. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where we are anymore. Uh, Mona said, I tripped on a curb crossing the street on my way to meet a first date at Starbucks. I landed on my hands, got up, and brushed myself off. 15 minutes into the date, I realized I couldn't move my arm. The nice guy took me to the ER and stayed with me as I got x-rays. It was an impact fracture. I didn't get a second date. Oh, poor Mona. <laughs> I, that whole, when I first read that, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great, like, meet cute story. And they got married. And this guy said, no, fuck this chick with a broken arm. <laughs> Too clumsy. Yeah, high maintenance. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, Mike said bowling. That's it. That's all. <laughs> bowling. Uh, that is embarrassing. A dude thought it would be funny to try and bowl through my legs. Oh. And his bowling ball cracked my tailbone. <laughs> 
how hard is his is this dude throwing the ball well if, if you think of it was like us doing it probably pretty hard oh. i i'm imagining a 10 pin bowling the guy goes to throw it through like hard and his finger gets stuck yeah, and it just goes yeah. right up and is like that's oh. kind of what i if it's a five pin bowling ball it's on purpose yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the worst too i don't even like that's not i don't know if that's it's weird but it's not embarrassed it's embarrassing for the other guy yeah because that's the worst when someone else hurts you, like doing something stupid. And you just have if, to explain it to the doctor, yeah. like what happened. If you've agreed to a tandem bowl, you are equally responsible. Yeah. We don't for know if there injuries. was any agreement. We don't know if there's any consent or not. That's true. Okay, fair. I'll tell you what, a cracked tailbone does not sound no. any fun at all. Lindsay said, I was at the bar with some girlfriends 12 years ago and headbanging to I'm pretty sure Nickelback <laughs> on the yeah, dance floor. Yeah. Sounds right. As I'm throwing my head back and forth, I smash my face on my girlfriend's beer bottle right on my eyebrow. Next thing I know, I'm bleeding everywhere, end up with four stitches. Best part is two days after, I was meeting my now husband's family for the first time with a black eye and tried to explain in a more acceptable way on how I had stitches in a black eye. <laughs> Dustin, what would be your alternative story to this on how you got your black eye meeting Ashley's family for the first time? I bit into an apple wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I threw a mint the wrong way at Eastside Marion's. Landed right in my eye. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be a tough one. Bottle yourself. Yeah. I'd pull a Ted and fake I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, symptoms, COVID symptoms. <laughs> and I went to the dentist the next week. Yeah. Here's one that maybe uh, Aaron can relate to. Someone from Gord Smoke Shop said, broke a wrist falling off a two foot tall Shetland pony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a Shetland pony as a child and I came off that thing all the time. So, I get it. I sympathize. But, I have more horse injuries than anything else. But you're like, you're already pretty much on the ground. Yeah, but those things are sneaky and mean. Anybody looking to get a horse, do not get a Shetland pony. Oof. Okay, I'm glad I was in the market for a new horse. <laughs> so I'm glad. There, How does that make you feel, Ryan? He's in the market for a pony or a <laughs> horse, but not a house. Yeah. Got <laughs> I got one letter wrong. Whatever. Yeah, you one say said, go buy a... I thought he said, go buy a horse and get out of here. Yeah. Now I realize, it in our shed. Yeah, yeah. I now realize you said house. Sorry, my, yeah. my U's look like ours. <laughs> Gino said, I threw my back out doing laundry, <laughs> reaching into the dryer. I sneezed and a shock wave went up my spine, literally fell to the ground and couldn't get up for 15 minutes. So Gino was a guy like I used to work with, but I remember the day that happened because we had to go to Olds on the bus and uh, it was the same day I fell down the stands and pulled us off air. But someone, someone we worked with gave Gino what he thought were Rebaxa sets, but we're, we're pretty sure Percocets. <laughs> but on the bus ride home, a guy on Percocets, when you got to share a pizza... I was like, that was like watching wood go into a wood chipper. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> we just talked about this, just saw him the other day and we talked about that too, how accidentally high he was, but that's what happens when you get old. Yeah, I've had some, I've had some close sneezing calls, <laughs> like some life altering sneezes. It just kind of like resets your whole outlook on things. <laughs> I always thought when, when you sneeze, you can have an orgasm. That's eight in a row. You have to sneeze eight times in a row? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could. I, looking guy? at the lights make me sneeze, so I could probably do it. 
I once sneezed in a tanning bed a few months after having my nose done. Oh, no. And my nose hit the top of the tanning bed and I almost passed out. Oh. It's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And whole you're trapped. Life. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like a pretty good injury. couldn't do anything. I just laid there and cried. Oh. That's why they say tanning beds are bad for you. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned. Was it a real sneeze or was it one of your bullshit? Achoo! No, it wasn't a polite sneeze. It was a real sneeze. Yeah, because I was in the privacy of my own tanning bed. She was alone. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a Final Destination movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shani said, soccer cleats to my lady bits. Nice bruises to match her cleats pattern. (laughs) We're we're into the genital ones now, by the way. From here on out. I'm surprised they all weren't genital ones, actually. The old Nike vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Some free ads for Nike there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need it. They're struggling. Yeah. Joe said, uh, running from the cops, I got high centered on a fence. <laughs> Slivers from my booty hole to my kuka. <laughs> but can you be more specific? <laughs> well, at first I saw high centered and I'm like, oh, she's driving. <laughs> but no. <laughs> oh, you... <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think I know what that means. Yeah. So did she get away though? That's what I want to know. We'll have to report her to Crime Stoppers too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough said on that one. And uh, last one, Josh said, "I fell grinding a rail on my BMX and stabbed my handlebars into my groin, giving oh, yeah. myself a grapefruit-sized hematoma." We'll have to ask our doctor friends exactly about that. Went to the hospital and they strapped me into a spine board so I could only see the ceiling. They had to cut my pants and underwear off and the lady doing it asked me how I was doing and that she hadn't seen me in a while. I knew this lady from babysitting her kids. Super embarrassing. So, I've I've been in emergency for a penis trauma before. And we'll get to that in a second. But who's it, penis? <laughs> yeah, it was it was mine. But uh, yeah, that's I, I was glad someone else had a weird one like that. But it is really weird having people poking around down there. And his at least like he was doing something sporty. <laughs> this was so the ten year anniversary of this was just a couple weeks ago. Um, it also uh, last week was the if we're talking about embarrassing injuries, ten year anniversary of me breaking two fingers on Fred Penner's tambourine. <laughs> That's it. Like actually? Yeah. (laughs) So he does like adult shows now. And 10 years ago, it was my birthday. He was at Sage. So we went and he called me up on stage to play the cat came back. And obviously I was like having a great night and was just play, I guess, playing the tambourine too hard. The next morning, my fingers were all like war, like they were. So you didn't, you didn't know that night you had broken them? No. Holy like crap. I knew they were like I knew like they were hurting, but I was just like, oh, whatever. But anyways, the ten year anniversary of me scalding my penis was also <laughs> recently, and again, got home inebriated from the bar, nothing to eat. I was like, oh, I'll make oatmeal, and I had leftover boiled water, so I made a green tea. Sat down on this like three in the morning. Sat down on the chair. My hand just stopped working, <laughs> and it fell right on my crotch. And again, I it hurt, but I was like, oh. And then my friend, the best part, I remember this because I saw it the next morning. My friend just texted me, did you get home okay? And my response to him was just was, I burnt my penis. So, but that was like, I like had like was like had to go like, like was pretty, had blistered and like had to go through like go to a reproductive specialist and stuff to make sure it didn't kill all the swimmers down there and stuff. But so it was like, it was bad time. Never a good time to scald your penis. Yeah. But then almost on the exact 10 year anniversary, uh, Aaron and I 
and the athlete and another friend are going for a walk at Heritage Ranch. And I just ducked into the trees to take a pee, tried to get off the trail, whatever. Couldn't hold it. Was holding a branch behind, kind of behind my back, I guess. I don't know. And it slipped out and came across and gave me three good cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even wait. I just looked and I just like kind of ran up and they looked at me and I was like, something happened. <laughs> Luckily, we were with a nurse. <laughs> I didn't, didn't show her. I showed Kevin. The athlete, Uncle Meat. That was for different. That was just, that's what we do on our walks. (laughs) We're not allowed a heritage ranch anymore. (laughs) It was really something to be a part of. And then, of course, then we were wearing a long coat and stuff, but I sat down and got back in the car and had this big blood spot on my crotch. I was like, oh my God, like 10 years from now, look out, Ted's penis, because something's going to happen again. That is, that is not what I was expecting. No, me like, either. Like two. <laughs> me either. Two near penis death experiences. Yeah. Welcome to the Ted's penis hour. Any anyone else? I almost should have gone last. Dustin, I, Dustin, I know for a fact you've had some scrotal injuries. Yeah, I was I was humming and hawing about saying this injury, but our good friend at DNA Plumbing, Michael Dempster, <laughs> we were playing PBAA on the Legion Blues bouncing on my trampoline and i got double bounced and landed on his head with my legs open <laughs> and never I, forget I was your first time i was certain that it was an explosion of a testy <laughs> and uh i went uh three weeks i think it was without like staying home from school with stomach aches uh you know just whatever 12 13 years old at that time you don't really want to talk about a a nut or dink injury (laughs) and so i kept it to myself just oh i gotta stop my gig again i'll stay home and for i think it went about eight to ten years before i truly gained the strength to go in and get this thing ultrasounded and i was certain yeah oh yeah I was certain that this thing was incapable of doing anything anymore because it was different from the other one. It, I mean, it works. (laughs) (laughs) One of them does anyway, (laughs) but no, the nurse said that it was, uh, still kind of (laughs) round. And, uh, I didn't get a critique of mine when I was there, but maybe I should (laughs) have. So I, I mean, you, you teed this one up. I wasn't sure if I was going to say it, but. That is my most embarrassing injury. Was Thanks, it, Mike Dempster. Was it a ruptured testicle, though, or like? Well, I, I have no idea. I oh. waited ten years to so figure it out. So the doctors would have hated that because I even told them about the hernia I haven't had fixed, and they're not happy. So get on that wait list. I'll go. It doesn't need to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you want it to be ra- at least kind of round, right? <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, mine's not a testicle story, so this will be yeah. Sorry, I treat my nuts really, really sensitively, I guess. So. <laughs> with lotion or? No, with love. <laughs> so, mine actually just happened this past weekend. I was at a golf simulator company, not to be named. It's not their fault, though. It's not their fault. Uh, great place. I'd go back in a heartbeat. But uh, we were there for about four hours and we had, I don't know, I had two or three drinks, <laughs> give or take. <laughs> Jugs. And uh, we were having a long drive contest at the end of the night and Uncle Meat steps up. <laughs> and he can actually hit it pretty pretty far for a, for a big guy. So he went, he, so he went to hit a bad shot, like still probably went like 250 or 270 or something, but, but poor for him. So I said, here, go again. 
and this time pause at the top and <laughs> what i was gonna do i was gonna do a little bit where he stopped at the top and then i just came around him and held his hips and gave him some sort of weird golf lesson what i should have said was come to a complete stop at the top but what he heard was pause for half a second and then swing as hard as i can <laughs> So we get to the top of his swing. I start walking up, go to reach in to touch his like right hip, and he he starts his downswing and just smokes my right hand. Um, and all you hear is this like lo- this super loud thud. And then I just was like in shock for like two or three seconds because I wasn't sure exactly what happened. And <laughs> I think everyone else was just gasping at that time. And I looked down and. There's a little bit of blood, but whatever. And then about a minute later, it just swells up to the size of a baseball. I don't even think it was a minute. Okay, like, yeah. well, whatever, like pretty quickly. And I could still move it and everything. So, like, it, this this only happened like three, <laughs> three days ago. Yeah. So, looking at it now, the swelling's come down. It's starting to turn a little black and blue. I'm pretty sure it's not broken, but I may go get it checked out. Just In eight to, be to on, ten years. Yeah, just to be on the safe side. So, it's not a... I guess it's embarrassing because it was my fault, but <laughs> yeah, I know I've never broken a bone before, so this could ruin the yeah. streak for me. I, th- oh. I thought he hit. I thought you got hit in the face. Yeah, there that was like, hurt a lot more. It was like a sound of like a golf club like hitting a bag of meat or something. <laughs> like right, like I can't even explain it. And everyone, and like you said, you were delayed, so everyone was just looking around. The ball was still on the tee. Oh, so yeah. he didn't I was going to ask how the drive was. Yeah, so he got last place. Yeah. <laughs> but i gotta say i appreciate your commitment to this podcast because you're probably going into friday like man i don't have a good story to tell on the podcast that's exactly Uh, what i was thinking front wheel fell off his bicycle (laughs) actually yeah that one's more embarrassing is that embarrassing though because that is not your fault it's an embarrassing way to get an injury to have your bicycle fall to pieces underneath you when you're a 35 year old man (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean everyone's heard that story before though if you listen to the podcast but yeah no i've been pretty lucky in my life just a whole bunch of minor injuries so so i have two quick ones um i I wasn't gonna say this one but with all the the (laughs) fall talk and whatever tell us about your dink (laughs) yeah so uh this is like grade eight and i think about this almost every day because it happened right by my kids where they go to school now and yeah it was grade eight and i was probably with some of you guys and and i was trying to be a cool skateboarder back then and i was just crossing the street and my skateboard hit a rock and my foot hit the front of the skateboard so the back end came up and it turned so like the edge of the skateboard got me not not in the balls thankfully but like in the air area between the booty (laughs) hole and the kuka as as per that (laughs) person the the gooch is that another like whoever i was with they were long gone ahead of me and it happened in the middle of the street and i just remember i walked back over to the grass and i laid in the fetal (laughs) position for like half an hour thinking i was gonna throw up it just hit me right in the perfect spot and so every day i drop my kids off at school and then i drive by i know i it was right by the house so I drive by this house every fucking day and I, I think of this skateboard incident every day. So that was a rough one. Um, you ever just curl up in the fetal position when you drop Yeah, them yeah. Off? Sometimes like, oh. just, oh, I shudder. Yeah, yeah man, oh. you need to move. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. need to find a new school. Um, and then my second one actually happened in uh, my last year of university at U of A in Edmonton. And it was one of my last classes because it was like the class you go to and it was one of my accounting courses and I'm an accountant. So I was like, I got to go to this course. And it was right before like the final test. It was like the final review day. We're going to review everything right before the test. 
So I walk out of our house and it's like a 10 minute walk to school. And these two Jehovah Witness girls, they were probably like 20, like around my age, around that time. They start, they get me like right as I'm out the front door. And I wasn't listening because I was like, I got to get to class. I don't care about this. Yeah, we can find God later. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Talk to me like after the test, maybe, yeah. right? I'll, I'll help you then. <laughs> so, I am speed walking with, and these girls are keeping up and they're in like their dresses or whatever. Like, like, yeah, I can't shake these girls. And I basically like Must said, screw nice. off. Like, I got to go to class. And they're like, no, no, God, God will help you in class. Blah, blah, blah. So, I kind of put my head down and I was just speed walking up to this intersection and I was trying not to pay attention to them because I just wanted them to screw off and then they wouldn't. And I walked into a light pole (laughs) and there was a few other like students waiting at the light, waiting to go and it knocked me on my ass. (laughs) And I remember... Vaguely, because I think I might have given myself a concussion. I was sitting there, like shaking my head, and I went to, like, you know, you feel your forehead. Like, I hit it, like, square in the middle, like, golf ball size, like, immediately. One's hand, yeah. And I just remember I looked up at the girl, and they kind of just looked at me, and they walked away. They were like, well, he found God. God yeah. can't help this guy. Yeah, and the other three people at the light, they weren't laughing, at least that I remember. They were just kind of like, like, they didn't even ask me if I was okay. I think they were in shock because yeah. I came out of nowhere because I was walking so fast. They probably had an accounting test. Yeah. So, I stood up and I was, I, I went back home. I didn't even make the class because I was, I was so embarrassed by these three people that saw me. <laughs> And I just remember that those girls had left like a little flyer in our door <laughs> and I put it on our fridge and I lived with like five other dudes in, in that house. Lundy lived with oh, me. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I took their little flyer and I just wrote on it, you will pay. <laughs> <laughs> and I never saw him again. I never joined the Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> that was a bad day. <laughs> you will pay. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, let's hear your penis injury. <laughs> oh, my God. Kat. No, I think aside from losing my front tooth several times in various stupid ways, I've been uh, I've been pretty lucky. So, I don't... Uh, you haven't I, been living. Maybe, but That's I lost too. a tooth in a bar yeah. eating a piece of candy. God. I cracked a tooth. I cracked yeah. the same tooth in the middle in high school chewing on a um, ring pop. I lost the tooth, the same tooth because I swallowed it and then had to call my German professor until I couldn't come in for my exam because I'd swallowed a tooth. If you were in Germany though, you'd have better health care. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you should have drank more milk as a kid. <laughs> Eat less apples. Yeah, brush your teeth. So that wasn't... Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's get her teeth. Yeah. Okay, Enough so- about her hair. Yeah. If any dentists are listening. Anyways, thank Thanks to everyone who answered that. We actually got a lot of responses to this one. So I'm sure the cilantro and chive gift card helped. Uh, That was just a handful of the ones we got too. So thank you to everyone who answered. If we didn't say yours, uh, just tell a better story next time, I guess. All right. So that was a almost tasteful crotch talk. Not quite. I said almost, Aaron. <laughs> Let's move on before we talk about that anymore. We've done Dustin versus Lund, Ted versus Walsh, Dustin versus Walsh. And we have about five episodes left until summer break. So I figured we'd do, I don't know, like an ultimate versus. I don't know what we want to call it. Let's call it the Oh Dear Sudden Death Face Off. I mean, not- five, Sudden Death Five. <laughs> 
How about the oh dear face off? Okay, fine. Okay. The last one will be sudden death. Yeah. It, it won't be. <laughs> so we're all going to compete. All of us won like against each other. Um, five games. So five over five episodes. The winner of each game gets three points. Second place will get two points. Third place, one. Fourth place, zero. Most points at the end of five games, five episodes basically will win. So what is on the line here though is what, what we have to decide. Yeah, we talked about this earlier tonight and... I don't know if we've come to a full decision on on exactly what we're going to do, but I know we're going to leave the first place guy out of whatever punishments we decide post episode today. We still have the four uh, remaining before summer, so uh, and we, I think I think we all kind of came to a decision that we're going to involve uh, some of our like major partners in in some of these punishments uh, with us having to help them out with something. We want to make sure we get it right, so. I guess stay tuned for our next episode where hopefully we've ironed all that out. Yeah, so if you still want to listen, knowing right now nothing's on the line, here we go. Oh Dear Face Off is brought to you by Travis Kletke, Chartered Professional Accountant and Partner at Swainson Alexander, located downtown Red Deer. Building connections through exceptional service and trusted professionalism, one client at a time. Learn more at swainsonalexander.ca. All right, so the first game we're going to play is called What the Flick. It's basically, it's from a board game I have that is is a lot of fun. Uh, all that's going to happen here, we're going to roll the die. We're going to find out what genre of movie we have to come up with. And then co-worker Aaron has, is going to pull two random cards. Basically, one's like a noun and one's an adjective or something of the sort. Like descri- like a thing and a descriptor. A what and a who. Yes. There, I should have said that right away. Sorry, Dustin. Uh, basically, then we're each going to try to come up with a movie title for it. We're going to throw them in the middle, mix them up. We'll each read one out just so Aaron doesn't know who's who. And then Aaron's going to pick her favorite one. You get a point if you're the favorite one. First to three wins. Love uh, it. And then whatever whatever it is after that, like if you're tied for second, then two people get three points. If you're tied, whatever. All right. So Aaron, our first movie is a sci-fi. About a kung fu computer. <laughs> <laughs> Kung Fu Computer. <laughs> it's practically the movie title right there. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Floppy. Metaverse Cyber Wars. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Very uh, topical. Yeah. The Cube That Kills. <laughs> okay, yeah. I like that voice. <laughs> the Three Hard Drives. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a great, like, folk. It's like the three, uh, the, what are the three kung fu kids? Ninjas. The three ninjas. ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> was, this, was, it, was this yours, Lund? <laughs> no, that one wasn't mine. Oh, no. You're trying to explain it. All right, Aaron, oh, so we had the you three would be, hard drives. Hey, hey he, you'd be Tum Tum yeah. for sure. Do you, do you remember all of them? I do. Oh, I, God, this is, listening audience at home, just remember this is completely subjective and these guys do know their audience and it's got to be the crouching tiger floppy yes. <laughs> floppy oh. hidden floppy it floppy i loved my three hard drives uh, it was I, it was a once, close once second once one said three ninjas it actually yeah, made me laugh yeah it was a close second <laughs> action oh perfect an action movie about a lactose intolerant cop <laughs> <laughs> i like everyone's enthusiasm on this one this is good even if i don't win i'm very happy with mine so stupid. <laughs> Projectile pigs. <laughs> what is lactose and... T- <laughs> Do okay. they mean cows? <laughs> no, like pigs, like cops. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Which I don't approve of calling... Yeah. But this is... This is, this is, this uh, is not commentary. a political game. Yes, this is commentary. 
Double double, hold the milk. Good cop, bloated cop. <laughs> milk gone bad. Ooh. Ooh. Some good ones in there, yeah. Okay. That's between the bloated cop and the milk gone bad. Ah, I'm going to give it to milk gone bad. Oh. Yeah, I knew Ted's was the other one. And a boy, Walsh. Woo. One Kevin, one Ted. Yeah. Also, there should have been something about a like Paul Blart or Paul Fart. Paul or Fart. Something. Oh, yeah. It's hard in the moment. I know. Action. Oh, an action movie about a mafia-connected country singer. Oh, wait, I think movie. I put that wrong. Hold on. Oh, he gets ideas from the rest yeah. of us. No, yeah. no, no, I just put the wrong word. Put the actual lyric. Hold my beer while I kill your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that wins. Oh, yeah, we're done. <laughs> People say, I got a killing problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you sold it. <laughs> oh, the Italian cowboy. <laughs> Is that what you got wrong? No. Oh, no. People say, I got a killing problem. Oh, okay. I didn't know which one was yours. Okay. Yeah, sir. I don't know that. Any country songs? Say hello to my backwards hat. <laughs> Oh, so that's today's country. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to uh, Hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You were on it too. A romance. Well, about time. <laughs> a romance movie about a microscopic cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> All these cowboys. We're staying in the country theme here. Playing on my love in the 90s on this one. Prozac? How is that what you come up with? Prozac. I'm a ball of charade. <laughs> what does that have anything to do with a microscopic <laughs> right. cowboy? I don't know. I like Prozac. W-W dot. <laughs> Never get over you. My little pony. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> oh. I like that. Kevin Walsh does the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Kevin wrote that one. <laughs> Tinkerbell meets Five Goes West. Oh. <laughs> Watch that, that. Walsh's Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. We almost made it through a whole episode without commenting on my height. Once you stepped off that soapbox, we realized how short you were. <laughs> oh, this is tough because I don't condone bullying, but gentle ribbing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, what was the Wild West one? Kevin Walsh does the Wild West. Oh, that sounds like a porn parody. You didn't say it couldn't be porn. It's hey, a, but it's, it's a, not microscopic. It's a, it's a romance. Oh, <laughs> I like I like Walsh's ranch. Yeah. yeah I mean, no Woo! way. Oh, I thought I had it. That was me, by the way. <laughs> I thought you were going to choose My Little Pony because you love ponies. It was close. Yeah, yeah I, I did appreciate that. But there's I no cowboy one. in there. I tell you what, I wow, have a lot of two-foot Shetland ranches. ponies on my ranch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. two inch. Yeah. yeah, you probably call those horses on your ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Clydesdales. <laughs> oh, man. One, one, one. We better one. move on before Kevin's self-esteem gets damaged anymore. Horror. Ooh, a horror movie about an unlikely dentist. That's stupid enough yeah. to win. You know my brand of humor. An unlikely dentist. I'll bet Aaron and Dustin have seen that dentist, though. <laughs> the Adventures of Dr. Hook Hands. <laughs> Dr. Hook Hands? Dr. Hook Hands. I hope that's your own. <laughs> I like you it. Can read it. 
<laughs> Can't even read. <laughs> Just made that up. Austin Powers as the dentist. <laughs> yeah, fair. There's a good voice over there. I know you didn't brush last night. Ooh. <laughs> My annual checkup. <laughs> All right, who won? I know you didn't brush. You oh. do it wrong. Oh, no, Dustin. He's it was two? it was the way Lon- London say it properly. Doctor Hook Hands. <laughs> Doctor Hook Hands. Don't blame the delivery. Yeah. <laughs> All Dustin's right. two. Your choice, Aaron. Oh, okay. Say a porno. All right, a porno <laughs> about an invisible chef. Oh God, this actually is super inappropriate. I hope it's not about Phil. <laughs> Kevin. This is this is Ted and Phil's excellent adventure. Yeah. No, I won't break that. Ted and Phil's excellent adventure should have been. Don't put Bill. Phil in that position. Also. <laughs> is that a movie? For sure, someone brought Phil into this. Kevin. <laughs> Just as a bonus, Phil and Ted's excellent adventure probably would have won. Yeah. <sighs> Chef Phil Mayo Hole. <laughs> I'm going to let you explain that one to Phil. (laughs) Phil, if you need a new career. I saw who you ate last summer. (laughs) I think that's like a horror porno. (laughs) A horno. (laughs) Is this... this, I don't even know this name. Oh, God. Do you want me to whisper to No. Emerald Secret? Sauce that makes women go bam. (laughs) (laughs) Who wrote that one? The cloak chokes. Oh no. (laughs) Sounds like a dirty novel. (laughs) Ooh, God. Okay. Uh, I I mean, I don't want to support besmirching Chef Phil's good name. We all love Chef Phil, by the way. Yeah, clearly. That's a different Chef Phil Mayo. <laughs> different. Yeah. First and last name. But. Yeah, we're talking about Dr. Phil. Uh, I mean, Chef Phil in the Mayo hole is so gross, but I love it and it wins. 2-2-1-1. A drama about a medieval clown. Sir laughs a lot. That's good. I like that. It's cute. Yeah. You're For going- a drama? <laughs> yeah, Sounds but- like a comedy. No. But it could be like a dramedy, like a drama, or like the the plight of Sir laughs a lot. Okay, well then that should have yeah, been that should have been it. You're going to die, clown. <laughs> that's a drama. That's a, that's a horror. <laughs> Lord of the Noses. <laughs> okay, I like it. The Lesser Jester. Oh, oh, that's like literally a medieval clown. <laughs> Oh, honestly, the lesser jester sounds like something I want to watch. I'm giving it to the lesser jester. That's Walsh. Wow. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Are you Sir Laughs a lot? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, almost had it. But the lesser jester was a great drama. So Walsh has three points. Dustin has two points. London, I have one point. Jeez, I thought you both were going to win this game. Yeah. And them's the breaks. I guess Aaron doesn't like good jokes. (laughs) (laughs) That is true, actually. So congratulations, Walsh. Winner of the first, the hell do we call this thing? The Oh Dear Face-Off? Whatever we called it. I think we rename it every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was What the Flick. So, congratulations, Walsh. And hey, made it through another episode. So, you done crinkling around over there, Aaron? I'm cleaning up after <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'll do that on your own time. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. Another episode 
in the books. So a huge thank you one more time to our guests, Dr. Kim Jim and Dr. Keith Wolstenholm. Uh, thank you, as always, to Bose Bar and Stage, our presenting sponsor, and Ryan and Riley for accommodating us tonight. Uh, as always, again, remember those events we talked about. We hope to see you at all of them. Uh, as always, follow us on social media. Give us a like. Interact with our stuff. Subscribe on YouTube. And uh, yeah, guys, final thoughts. I'm just really glad that your hair stayed erect for the last like three quarters of the show. So obviously like a little slow start because it was pretty limp, but it's been holding strong ever since. And uh, you better go relieve that thing. Yeah, whatever Andrew used should like probably be doubled as like a sex jelly because this thing is not moved. <laughs> I think it was sex jelly actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, great episode, guys. Uh, I just wish we had the, the doctors in like during this episode so they could look at my hand. But <laughs> you know what? I'll uh, I'll be a big boy and go see the doctor this week. Yeah, like Lindy said, another fun one. Uh, love coming to the studio with Ryan and Riley and Aaron and Andrew and, and the crew to have a beer or two and, and enjoy some great friends. So uh, another one in the books. And I'm going to take this opportunity to wish my mother a happy birthday because it is her birthday Old today. Old Slippy Sue. <laughs> I, there's not one thing I regret more in life than writing two slippery Susan on that picture for your mom. Hey, she still has that picture you guys signed yeah. for her up in the dining room. So she she listens and she loves you guys. So I'm still rock hard for her. <laughs> <laughs> so is my hair. So I guess with that, I will say goodbye. <laughs>